0: (laughs) our scripture passage for this morning is from hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 2 i invite you to listen with me uh, for this great passage therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Gracious God, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be found faithful in your sight. For you, God, and you alone are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, we are finishing up our fall sermon series on overcoming the things that haunt us. For the past few weeks, we have looked at such terrifying things as insecurity, fear, and even doubt. And today, as we wrap up this sermon series, we turn to talk about perhaps the most haunting thing of all, death. Now, today is All Saints Day, and this is a day, particularly in the life of the church, where we remember and give thanks for the life and the faithfulness of those who have come before us and have passed on from this life. It's also a day where we are faced with the awful truth of our own mortality it's not necessarily the most comfortable things to think about, but if there is any place where we can talk about grief and death in a way that helps us overcome it, it is here in this room. Now, Monday through Wednesday, the three pastors, uh, we were up in Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska, for a conference. And as I made that four and a half hour drive on Monday afternoon, I remember being a little excited because I thought that as I went farther north, the weather would get a little bit colder and I would see more beautiful fall colors. I was excited to just drive along the highway, see the beautiful reds and yellows everywhere. However, uh, I learned, and if you've ever been to Nebraska, you know this is true, that the only place on God's good creation with fewer trees than western Kansas uh, is central Nebraska, as it turns out. I uh, did not get to see very many trees along that highway. But on my way back, um, on Wednesday, I stopped in Hayes. Uh, this was part of my annual college tour where I uh, visit some of our students um, And as I was waiting to have our group dinner that night, I had a little bit of time to burn, and so I was walking around downtown Hayes, which I had not ever been to before. Uh, Do we not have this picture either? Oh, good, we do. Um, And as I was walking in downtown Hayes, I came across this beautiful yellow tree. And it might not look like much to you, but I promise it was better in person. It was so vivid, so beautiful, it made me stop in my tracks. And at the corner of Main Street... And some other street, I was just staring at this tree. And I just thought it was the most quintessentially fall picture. You have the grain silos on the left, you have the yellow trees in the front, the leaves all over the ground. And as I was staring at this tree, it all of a sudden struck me that these leaves are dying. You know this, right? The leaves are dying. And there's something terribly beautiful about it. Have you ever wondered why we find such beauty in the changing colors of leaves? I have to think if at least part of it isn't because we know that they're temporary. After a hot summer the weather begins to cool down and then one day we see the colors begin to change and we know that it's fall and we know that once the colors come to full bloom like they are now it's only going to last for a few weeks so you better enjoy it while it lasts because eventually the leaves are going to die and they'll fall And yet, there's something beautiful in this dying process. The leaves change, these brilliant hues. Every yellow, orange, and red, and brown you can imagine. And we can observe, we appreciate, we cherish even the beauty of death in the trees. And it got me thinking as I was there in Hayes, Kansas... How is it that we can notice and even cherish the beauty of death when we see it in the leaves every fall and yet have so much fear and grief around our own deaths or the death of the people we love? Now, of course, um, as I was there, I realized that we are much more attached (laughs) to our own lives, and we are much more attached to the people we love than we are to leaves on a tree. So we can appreciate death in leaves in ways that it is more difficult to do in the people that we love because there is an attachment there that makes grief real and hard. I don't know about any of you, but I have never felt grief for a leaf that has fallen from a tree. But I have felt grief when someone I love dies. But what I want to suggest for us this morning, and this is the message of All Saints Day, that there is actually a beautiful truth in dying. There is a hidden, beautiful truth, hidden within the pain of death and grief. And this is a truth that can help us overcome that haunting experience of grief. Now, friends, believe it or not, when we observe the beautiful death of the leaf, we are not just seeing a fact of nature, but we are observing what I want to call one of the foundational, universal patterns of reality, okay? And this universal, foundational pattern, we see it all over the place if we look for it, and Christians just happen to be the people who are audacious enough to believe it is true. And the universal pattern is this. Death is not the end of life. It's just the beginning of something new. Now, going back to that tree for just a moment, we know that those leaves that change colors and eventually die will bloom again. The tree doesn't die, right? It'll bloom new leaves in the spring And we know that those old leaves that fall will decompose to nourish the soil with vital, essential nutrients. Those leaves will be food for insects of all kinds. And out of this beautiful death of leaves, a way is made for new and ever more expansive life. This is the season or the cycle of the seasons. and It has been happening since the beginning of time but it's not just in the leaves, it's not just in the trees. Not everybody in the world experiences the changing colors of fall, you know. I have friends from Africa and South America, they live in the tropics where the seasons don't change. But I was talking to one of these friends this week, and she said, yeah, we don't have the leaves change colors, but I see this pattern every day in the sunset." For have you ever considered that the sunset is actually the beautiful dying of a day? The life cycle of the sun coming to its completion for that day, and the day will give way to the death of night. And if you've ever seen a beautiful sunset, you know that it is easy sometimes to experience God's majesty, God's beauty, God's presence in the sunsets. It's a beautiful example of creation, and yet it is an example of beauty in dying. And we know that the sun will set and the darkness will come, and we also know that the sun will surely rise. New life, a new day. You might even call it resurrection. Or if you drive on the Kansas Turnpike sometime in February or March, you will see this and smell this to be true, because what happens in the spring along the Kansas Turnpike? They burn the fields. And they do this to get rid of the old grasses and make way for the new grass and the new crops and the burning, the destructive quality of the death of that grass, which is horrific and destructive, makes the soil nutrient-rich and paves the way for something new and green and beautiful to come. See, the pattern is all over the place if we're paying attention And Christians just have the audacity to believe that it's true. That death is not the end of life, it's just the beginning of something new. Now, I want to suggest to us today that this pattern is not just an accident of nature, and it's not just a sentimental thing to put on a bumper sticker. It's the foundational premise of our faith. It is the source of our hope. Hebrews chapter 12, that we just read a few moments ago, describes Jesus as the great script writer who creates with his very life the perfect example, the perfect revelation, the perfect illustration of this universal pattern. Jesus writes the script, and he does it with his very life. For he came and he lived, he died, and he rose again. The, the scripture in Hebrews says this too, for the, for the joy that was set before him, for Jesus knew the universal pattern, he endured the pain of the cross, scorned its shame, and rose again and is seated at the right hand of God. Jesus writes this script for the universal pattern, and it is a pattern that says, death is not the end. It reveals that fundamental reality, a reality that is embedded in every fall leaf, in every sunset, in every wildfire, that there can be beauty, even in death, and there can even be joy in grief, even eternal life. By the way, this also applies to all other kinds of grief, not just the death of a loved one. If you've ever experienced the end of a relationship, or the end of a career, or the end of a dream, you know that grief comes to us in all shapes and sizes, and sometimes the most painful deaths that we experience in this life are not physical ones at all, but the pattern is still true. And if you've ever experienced one of those griefs, and you've ever traversed through that valley and found new life on the other side, you know that sometimes things have to die. Sometimes the old has to be taken away in order for the newness, for the goodness, for the beauty to fully be seen and fully be realized. It doesn't mean the grief's not painful, but it means that there's always new life on the other side. But I think this is something that we have to learn from experience. I don't think we can learn this from reading books or listening to sermons, no matter how well I can explain this universal pattern to you, I don't think you're actually going to believe it until you experience it. When you go through some grief, when someone close to you dies, when a dream or a hope or a relationship ends, and in the midst of that grief, you learn that the pattern applies to you that death is not the end. But this pattern, my friends, the truth of it is it's not inevitable. New life out of death is not forced upon us, okay? God never forces God's ways of beauty and new life upon us. Rather, I think God acts um, in a way that we used to say at the Camp Horizon High Ropes course, challenge by choice, right? Right? And the truth is, so many of us walk this earth haunted by grief, haunted by death, whether it's a grief of losing a loved one or a dream or a job or something else, and we simply don't know how to overcome it. If that's you this morning, I hope you will know that you are not alone But the invitation of All Saints Day and the invitation of Jesus who authors for us this universal pattern of salvation is to let the pattern be true for you. To let that universal pattern not just be something you see in the trees or in the wildfires, but let it permeate the very deepest parts of your heart, the very deepest areas of grief that continue to linger with you. To discover that new life is indeed possible. For the truth is, grief can make us feel despair. And grief that is not healed, that is not transformed, will inevitably lead us to something that feels like despair and hopelessness. And friends, that's not a place you want to be. But the message of Christ is that despair and hopelessness ultimately have no place, for there is a pattern that he shows us that in every death, new life will come. All Saints Day is important to our life of faith because it helps us realize that new hope and new life can help us overcome the griefs that haunt us today is a day to remember and give thanks for those faithful loved ones who have died before us but it's also a day to honor grief in all of their forms and it's a day that confronts us with that awful truth of our own mortality but in the face of this mortality we do not have to despair For the author and perfecter of our faith has taught us a message so true that even the trees and the sunsets obey it. The author of the letter uh, to the Hebrews compares those in our great cloud of witnesses to a crowd in the grandstands of a giant sports stadium. And I think this is a wonderful image to help us understand how the saints that have gone before us continue to have new life. Because here on All Saints Day, we're not in the business of a Hall of Fame. We're not here to memorialize the people who have died and hope that their memory lives on. We're here to celebrate that the saints continue to be an active part of our lives. Because even though they have died and have moved on to that eternal embrace of God's love, they continue to cheer us on. They continue to support us and encourage us just like you did a few moments ago. This cheering on, this is how the saints live on through us. When I was in high school, I ran both cross-country and track, and I remember um, I always loved track more than cross-country, and the reason was in cross-country, you always run away from the crowd. You start, and everybody's cheering you on, but in the most difficult part of the race, when you're back in the boonies, nobody's there to cheer you on. You're all by yourself. It's the hardest part of the race. But in track, of course, you're running in a circle, and so people are always there at every turn. And I ran the two-mile, so there were a lot of turns that I had to run, and people were always there consistently to cheer me on, even in the most difficult part of the race. And I can still remember where my coach was, right at the top of turn two, every single lap, to cheer me on, to encourage me, to tell me how far off my pace I was. (laughs) But to push me forward... Friends, this is what the saints do for us. Celebrating the saints does not take away the pain of grief. For anyone who has experienced it knows that grief, if you experience it, it becomes a part of you and you have to grow up around it. But the love of the saints can help us overcome this grief so that we're not haunted by it and we're not moved to despair. Because the life of the dead continues to help us live. And this is the new. This is the beautiful. This is the green buds that comes after the wintertime. The lessons that they taught us when they are alive, they continue to teach us. And this is a new kind of life. A different life than the one they had when they were here on earth, but one that is Eternal not because we keep them alive by remembering them on All Saints Day, but because they live in that great cloud of witnesses and they're looking down on you and they're cheering you on as you run your race of faith to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, as the King James says, the author and perfecter of our faith. So who are the people in your life, whether they're living or dead, who continue to guide you, shape you, And help you fix your eyes on Jesus. We all have people who inspire us, but today I encourage you to consider a person who has taught you about life, love, and what it means to follow Christ. In a few moments, we will remember the names of the saints who have passed away from this community over the last year, and then you will have an opportunity to come and light a candle in remembrance and thankfulness for your significant person. And as you do so, whether you come up or whether you stay in your pews, I hope you will allow the weight of grief to be lifted off your shoulder as you experience their life active in yours. For here is the truth, my friends. All of us are in the same boat. Or perhaps better to say, we are all leaves on the same tree. But if we stop to pay attention we may just notice that beautiful and hidden truth, that death is not and will never be the end of life. It is just the beginning of something new, something beautiful. Thanks be to God. Amen.